0: Welcome, welcome, everyone, to the special episode of the Beers and Miles, the Elite Files. We're on episode two because we had such much, or so much fun in the first episode. Uh, my name is Chris. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, and actually, we're gonna we're gonna take some advice from Zach on this one. Um, I am currently drinking Who Farted's One Morgan. It's a Czech pilsner. It's a crushable pilsner, and I'm really enjoying it. Larry, how are you doing?
1: Hi. I'm drinking uh, Jose Cuervo margaritas, the watermelon margarita flavor. Um, I'm trying to research how much sugar is in this bitch, and it turns out that it is quite a lot. <laughs> I'm probably going to die. But yeah, uh, it's—I it's, I, can't—I I don't know because it says like the amount in a shot, which it's like 48 calories, and like that's a lot for a shot. That's a lot for a shot.
2: How <laughs> <laughs> much for a shot? We'll do the math. Uh.
1: So wait, it, it only says total fat, sodium, carbohydrates, protein. It doesn't say anything about sugar. What do the cat? Uh, 6.6 grams. In a shot? In a shot. <laughs> or sorry, in one flow ounce. In a shot, it's... Holy so crap. <laughs> grams. Yeah, this doesn't seem right. I'll find it. I'll figure it out. That's what I'm drinking, though. Yeah, he has about,
0: <laughs> yeah. I think, a pint glass full of this crap. What, me? Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, about a pint.
0: <laughs> and he's already cleared through half uh, of is it. Is there- <laughs> a
1: Sorry? Is, do you have ice in that? Nope. Just solid yeah. margarita.
3: Yikes, <laughs> <laughs> <Can I>, folks. <laughs> We're about to get lit. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to sleep
1: tonight. You're just going to be like, sugar I, don't, sugar. I don't sleep every other night, Keen. We're
2: going to be like, I need chocolate.
0: Jeez.
1: Wow. Well, I have chocolate. I have a chocolate rabbit. Sorry.
0: Keen, introduce yourself because you weren't on the last one. Hi. Hi, Keen.
2: What's up? I'm Katie Keenan or Keen for a Run on Instagram. So currently I am drinking Sour Monkey um, Triple Ooh. Sour bread. Um, I was at the store and I took my phone out for a hot second to text Chris and ask if this was a good beer. And it's a very good beer. This is my third one. So <laughs>
3: 9.5% <laughs> It's going to be a rough night, folks.
0: There we go. <laughs> Hi, Nicole. Stop. I am Nicole the
3: runner. Um, And people actually call me that in real life now. So I think my last name is just now the runner. Um, I am drinking Wolf's Ridge Hop Pink, um, which is a Voss IPA. The profile states that it's pineapple pink and floral, and I would say that is very much accurate. And also, we were discussing, you know, nutrition facts. I don't have any of those, but I do have a government warning. Um, and women should not, in fact, drink alcoholic beverages during pregnancy. Oh, I got that too.
1: <laughs> oh, as it turns out, by the way, it's 19 grams of sugar per okay. serving.
2: And you should
1: have to have a car, and you may have health problems. Yeah, well, I already, yeah, that's uh, part of the course there.
0: Yeah, that's fair. And we're welcoming back Zach. How's it going, sir?
4: I'm good. I'm drinking the Sufferfest FKT. It's for athletes, and it says that our FKT gives you the flavor, quality, and richness you deserve after any good effort. Purpose brewed with added salt and black curry. These select ingredients kick it up a notch, just like you. Learn more about why we sweat for our beer at SupperfestBeer They sponsor a couple of uh, ultra runners, so I decided to try it out. But um, I, w- I would say it's pretty average. I will not be reaching out for sponsorship.
3: <laughs> 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 you know, Watering? Like,
4: uh, like it's fine. It's just okay. It's it would be great after a run if you're not just trying to get like immediately drunk. I guess this would be like fine after a run. It's smooth and salty. I'm sorry. But are you saying out a crush all day? Are you saying I'm not supposed to get immediately
1: drunk after a run? I feel like that's
4: before my second run today I had a a dogfish ninety minute IPA. Like I finished it and then uh Meg and I went out the door like five minutes later. So it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> that's a
0: classic. That's a classic. I think-
1: uh, you talk about the weird sponsorships and I think Keen you had mentioned weird sponsorships
0: and stuff do we want to get in that now or do we want to talk about that later yeah actually um, I, I would love to be able to talk about that uh, you're involved <laughs> you're involved in the professional running scene is there any really weird sponsorships that you've seen
4: um some of the ultra runners like really, I, I don't know. I don't want to talk trash about anyone, but just it seems like some of those jerseys have a lot of brands on them, and I don't know if that's, like, it cool, if it's, like, paying the bills, but, like, from my my experience, sponsors don't really give you money. They give you, like, cool stuff. So, like, I don't know. I've seen people with, like, you know, there's obviously Squirrels Nut Butter out there that sponsors, like, a lot of cyclists and runners, but then there's also, like, off-brand versions of that that people are just sponsored by, like, random, you know, like, anti-chafing gels i'm like what why do you need to get sponsored by that but they cost like three dollars <laughs> <So, laughs> like those. so i don't know if you go to like the top ultras you'll see people whose jerseys look like like nascar jerseys mike wardian of them but i really like that guy he's he's awesome <coughs> his jersey had probably 13 sponsors on it
0: my buddy chris brown actually has i think he's sponsored he might be sponsored by squirrel as uh, nut butter and he likes cooked a steak What's Girls Nut Butter on his Instagram? It's pretty good content. I'm, I'm yeah. sorry, what,
5: what did you say
1: his name was, Chris? Chris Brown?
0: Legitimately, his name what is Chris that? Brown. Good for uh,
1: Girlfriend beater Chris Brown, or. Chris <laughs> <laughs> we canceled a couple years ago. This
4: That's is what a, I going to throw out there. Because like, is, is if you are to yeah. learn from him post uh, that court case, I don't know if we can stay friends.
0: Right? <laughs> it's a Chris with a My cage.
4: Uh I was sponsored by Atwater Brewery for a little bit. Oh, shoot. Oh. It was a good deal. I just showed up and would get a couple of cases of beer.
1: <laughs> That's like, yeah, kind of like Post Malone being sponsored by Bud Light. Like he always gets free Bud Light and he just hands it out on the regular. <laughs> yeah. There's only so much Bud Light you need.
0: What about you guys? Because... Uh, Keen and Nicole are heavily involved, like with the Instagram runner scene. Is there any like really weird off the cuff ones that you've seen? It doesn't have to be necessarily anything specific, but like in general, it's like I've seen some weird shit. It's like they sponsor. Yeah, I mean, I can go first. There's somebody I
2: know that's sponsored by a potato company. I don't love it. I love it. Um, <laughs> like, I just. I think it's great I would love to like get you know year-round potatoes for free but like I when do you're
4: bringing too, a lot of potatoes a week
2: yeah I do too but like when you're bringing your potatoes to the track and when <laughs> you're you know it, it just gets a little odd. so I don't know people go to different extents to for their sponsors um that's definitely an interesting one I've seen but
0: I didn't tell you, I I got hit up by like this random water bottle company that I like, like infusion, like they like put an infusion on this like class water bottle or some shit like that. And I'm like, you don't follow me on Instagram. I don't know how you found me. And they're like, we'll pay you 600 bucks for the post on our, on your Instagram. And I'm like, money kind of seems nice, but I'm like, it's a water fucking bottle. I'm like, I've never even heard of you.
3: Or when, like, companies, like, I've had
2: companies comment on posts, and they're like, we love your style. And I'm like, I'm wearing a cotton tee and spandex.
1: I'm like, what? I always, like, I, I mention this off the pod a lot, but every time Chris talks about this water bottle sponsorship, yeah. I always wanted to just come up and be like, anyway, this podcast is sponsored by Britta. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
3: I've, seen people, I've seen people get, like, sponsored from, like, like, weird things like dog food. Like, I saw a runner that I followed – Like a while ago, that they were sponsored by like Blue Buffalo or something, and it was like, Was it him? (laughs) No, it was someone else. I'm like, Who? Who gets his sponsorship for dog food? Is like, I'm gonna promote this on my Runstagram. He has really
2: cool pictures of his dog, but his dogs also have another Instagram, and I think he was sponsored by Blue Buffalo.
0: That's amazing. Like, Like, it's like you're you're supporting your children.
2: Yeah, he's like, It literally pays for my.
4: Pets food, so yeah. I'm gonna keep posting for them. I'm like, yeah, oh, get that We've got a husky and a foster dog right now, so that'd be nice. Yeah, that
1: would be
0: nice. How's the foster pup going?
4: I did, I, I did see this, like several pros, like pretty good pros, are sponsored by this, like pancakes brand. Have any of you seen that? Like a pancake mix pancake brand?
3: Pancakes?
4: It might be those.
2: Oh my god, running with pancakes is gonna lose it. We gotta tell Ray. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what what's the brand called? Is it is? I don't I don't know. It's,
4: I've seen that on like quite a few like pretty fast like like pro runners. Oh, yeah. uh, we we right? have a I f- love to take up a sponsorship just for the sake of having one. I'd only represent a brand like I care about.
3: <laughs> right. I meant too like we. I mean, we're not. I'm not fast enough for sponsorships, really. But like, if I'm going to apply to be a, a brand ambassador for anything, like it's going to be something I use.
1: Yeah. Yeah. i gotta throw it out there but like ray you need to just get like a little bit faster like just i know that you you said you had a race coming up this saturday or sunday or whatever that got canceled use that negative energy and just ball out for one sponsorship it's got to be the pancakes <coughs> brand that's that's your whole thing dude
0: <laughs> we, we have we have a friend that uh that he literally runs for pancakes what's that chris it's like we have a friend that literally runs for pancakes this man loves pancakes and re- he reviews pancakes and makes pancake uh, – just pancake content. That's pretty great. <laughs>
2: I'm pretty, pretty sure I just said his Instagram name is Running With Pancakes. I run He's for honest, pancakes. I run for pancakes, yeah. But he should be Running With I'm
1: Pancakes. Gonna I'm going to yeah. change my Instagram handle to Running With Pancakes so I can start to combat him on
0: No, <laughs> Larry's like not – F this guy, his pancakes <laughs> are terrible. <laughs> Larry's literally oh going to start start up uh, starting this round called "I Run for Waffles" because of how, angry, how oh angry, my god.
4: Everybody got blood well, heard about that guy. I just like I always go for like the eggs and like those kind of options anytime I'm at breakfast. Like I, I don't know, pancakes they inherently just become like either a side with breakfast, like a big platter, or they're too desserty, like. And I'm always eating breakfast like nude, so I don't want a bunch of like chocolate chips and syrup.
2: I love just like meat for breakfast, like eggs, turkey, sausage. Yeah. Half a piece of toast is good with me, and then like some
3: fruit. The rice. Right like spot. I just I need sugar. Like I should start shooting Jose Cuervo margarita clearly for breakfast.
1: <laughs> not sponsored, but also sponsored. I
4: have to that before my double next week. Yeah.
0: You you
1: probably should.
3: Lots of carbs, man.
0: <laughs> lots of carbs, lots of sugar. Uh, Zach, we actually had a question that's related to that. Uh, one of my coworkers actually asked, uh, "What's your favorite post-race meal? Um, like, what do you, what do you, what do you like to have post-race? Whether it's a meal, whether it's a drink, what is your, your, your best thing?"
4: I don't know about you guys, but it usually takes me like a while to eat after a race because, like, I don't really race anything below the marathon, so like doing like between two hours and eight hours of racing anytime I go out so like usually for an hour I just kind of like curl up into a ball I usually take like an hour a nap in my hotel and then it's almost always a burger burger and a beer I would like to say I usually go and have a ton of beers and eat junk all post race
0: but I usually feel horrible <laughs> we drink a bunch I of did. beers after after the uh, after the trials
4: yeah even then though like I think I had like in that whole night, Five total, and like the whole like span of the day post
0: race, and like that was tough. But my body felt bad. Yeah, I was surprised you actually got out of bed.
4: Yeah, I spent. Chris came over after my race, um, like that night. But I think I spent six hours in bed. Like I had finished the race, limped to the hotel, and I, I did not lift the covers for six hours, like post shower.
1: Oh my God! See, I'm Uh, I'm glad that that's not just me though, because like after the Columbus Marathon, I just like I hung out for a little bit at the Hooparded Brewery with the guys after, and then I was like, I gotta get the hell out of here. I gotta go home, and then the next like eight hours are just a blur. (laughs) I'm, I'm pretty sure I just stayed in bed all day.
4: Ever, ever done, I tell my wife, like, okay, get ready. Like, tonight, though, after the race, like, we're going to take a little nap. And then we're going out. She's like, okay, honey. I mean, she's like, sure, sure we will. And every time it's, like, 9 p.m., I'm like, I have to go to sleep. <laughs> like, <you know?
3: laughs> I feel like it doesn't matter, like, what the st- – like, I- I've run a marathon for fun before. I-, I went to London, and I ran the marathon just completely for fun. I ran, like, a 340, which is, like, nowhere near what I could have run and i was so beat after it like i was like this. Place. <laughs> yeah like i ran i ran easy like i ran easy and it was like i still feel like crap i don't want to move and then you know you just end up in bed and you're like this feels great
4: <laughs> i take naps after long run for the most part so
3: yeah
2: <laughs> I yeah just... i can't nap after long runs i go out and party after marathons <laughs> and then i come over a shit the next day <laughs> yeah migrant pounding like hanging
5: over the toilet like
1: okay. god, oh god I, yeah, I I made, made it nice
4: really, college.
2: I yes. can't sleep. I'll literally rage until four AM with you if you want. Like,
0: yes. Like, uh,
4: I, I remember after my first marathon I was still I was in my half of my fifth year of college when I ran my first marathon. Oh. I drank two La Fin du Mans. Yes. So I, I remember that beer popular for a little bit. And then I drank almost an entire entire bottle of port.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, good. so that's a way to celebrate. Well, actually, on, on that topic, it's something that I really wanted to dig into with this one was we didn't talk too much about your, your transition over to, like, the longer distances. So... Did you did you plan on running the marathon? Did you, like I, what happened first? Was it the trail running? Was it the Detroit marathon? Which one happened first?
4: we yeah. We're pretty much back to back. My I think I had said last time. I remember my parents used to take me to like marathons when I was young because I started running five k's and ten k's so long that they started taking me to like the San Antonio Marathon and like the Houston Marathon to run like the five k in the morning. Um, or like the day before, and then go and watch the marathon start and finish the next day. So that was just something that it was like a weird thing we did as a family. So I pretty much knew I was going to run a marathon from like eight years old. I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to be doing these one day. Um, my senior year of college, I in like okay track. I didn't make it to like even regionals for track. I was student teaching. So <laughs> like I, Big Tens was my last race and didn't, didn't qualify for regional, So just drank a lot of a lot of beer for a couple weeks and then essentially started training for a marathon and the mountain running champs at the same time Uh, like from June I think the race is in July and I finished it was my first real trail race ever I think in my whole life my first trail race and I got second at the US mountain running championships Um, and that qualified me to run on the world team in Poland and that race was like like 11 or 12k just up and down a ski hill in a In New Hampshire so it's pretty cool I really never run anything like that in my whole life I was doing my training on hills that were not anywhere near as steep or as long in Michigan I just had like the benefit of college speed on my side so I ran that I think like September 1st and then I ran my first marathon four weeks after that like got back from Poland got food poisoning on my way back and then four weeks later ran my first marathon <laughs> and they both went pretty well. Um, wow. yeah. So I kind of just like threw myself headfirst into both worlds. And then like ever since I've tried to just rotate from like, I'll do a marathon cycle. I'll never do like two marathon cycles in a row. I'll like do a marathon cycle. And be like, okay, that was fine. Time for a 50 mile. and I do a whole cycle for that. Then I'll go back to the marathon or to a 50 K. Um, uh, I never want to just be training for marathons or just be training for an ultra. It just gets boring for me doing that. So I like doing as many things like a ten K trail race to a fifty K trail race to like a half marathon road race. <laughs> keeps it a lot more fun. Just like keeps the training varied. So I'm not doing the same thing all year, like every year.
0: So you you've done something that not many people can say. Like you you won your first marathon, didn't you? Yeah. So, did you expect coming into it that you were going to be able to win it? Um, this one of my like
4: favorite stories for my wife Meg to tell is I was very, very poor going into that race. Like, it was, I had one extra semester of college that like wasn't under scholarship. Um, I was finishing student teaching, and I had just zero money in my bank account. So, I like had to win to be able to like eat for a couple more months. So the winning uh, prize at Detroit is $4,000. I, um, I remember in the week leading into the race, the saddest meal I made was I made a Campbell's like Campbell's soup, Philly cheesesteak flavor. And I toasted a hot dog bun and just poured it in the hot dog bun for a Philly cheesesteak for dinner. And that was all I didn't have a side or anything. I just had like that and a beer that was like race week. That's all I could afford to eat at that point. So I got to the line with the, like, actual mindset of, like, a Kenyan, like, looking at the race as like, I need this race to survive. <laughs> so I was pretty much going to destroy myself to win the race, which I kind of did. I had a going into the race, a solid plan. Like, I was going to run, try and run, like, even split 69, like 69 and try for a 218. I know I was in that shape. I think I went out in, like, 67 mid. Just because the Detroit Marathon and the Detroit Half Marathon and the Detroit Marathon and Half Marathon Relay started the exact same time, and everyone has like different colored bibs, so we all went off, and I chased the half marathoners for the first ten miles, and then they veered off to their separate area, and I was like, "Oh crap!" <laughs> like I'm—they're not marathoners. Like I found that out at mile ten that they weren't in my race. I was like dang, I'm trailing, man, because the winner ran like sixty-seven flat, <laughs> and uh, so I went out too hard. And then found out uh, the bi- lead biker was like, oh, no, man. The nearest person's like six minutes behind you. It's like, oh, I probably would have went out slower than this then. But I was like, not – there's nothing. I, I would have just run myself into the ground to win that because I needed <laughs> – the difference between first and second was $2,000. So it was like, no, I need the 4000
0: <laughs> Jeez. So
3: – That's insane. That's a hard race too, Detroit it's insane yeah it was it's it's a weird one my
4: the two times that i won the race were perfect weather for me it was like 38 and like a little bit breezy there's been other years where it's just like 30 mile hour wind gusts the whole time so like my two years were, were i'd say easy because then i've had friends come and go like oh you've run well there and then they come and it like rains and it's windy i'm like i'm sorry the years i did it was not like that but i had good weather
2: what did you feel like after that? Were you like relieved? Did you not even believe it? Like
4: it was pretty forward? surreal because at, at the end of, it's not a huge spectator race. It's just spectators at like the two places you pass downtown and the finish, so it's just really quiet. Like you're just it's a fairly big race. I don't know the amount of people it is. Thousands, but it's not like huge, huge. But um, you run there's this little island, um, like in Detroit called Belle Isle that's six miles around and you run four miles of it. And it's just like isolated. There's no fans there at all. There's barely any cones. And like, I was just in total silence and like hurting. It was like past the wall. You hit it at like mile 20, you run this hilly bridge to get on the island. And I was like, man, this could either suck or be awesome. I have no idea how this is gonna end. I didn't really realize till like the end it was finally happening. So I <clears throat> like threw my hands up to cross the line. I think I did like the widespread thing, got a good picture. And then the second I crossed the line, my dad started like running towards me. He like asked the policeman if he could like come. He's like, "That's my son winning, and I let him." But before he could get to me, I puked everywhere. Just there's an awesome picture of me bending over, one foot past the line, just projecting yellow vomit just all over the place. <laughs> so, oh
5: my god! Instead of
4: like hugging him and feeling great, they had to take me to a church near the finish line and wrap me in a space blanket because I started shivering uncontrollably after that. So there was like, I only really felt good for. The moment I crossed the line, and the next forty-five minutes, I felt horrible because I'd never run that far. I'd done a twenty, I like get twenty-three-mile training run, so like that was my first time doing the full distance, and I felt not good. I was also like twenty-one.
2: Did you feel sick while you were running, or it just like came out of nowhere? <sighs> it came out of
4: nowhere. Yeah, I think it was my like adrenaline keeping me going, but I think my stomach had been taking a turn. For a while. I've puked in like three or four different marathons at this point. Damn. Yeah. Still looking for like a hydration or nutrition sponsor because nothing seems to work for me. I just, I've puked up every brand that you can think of. I've puked noon. I've puked, uh, what's that? M- Morton. I've puked everything. Honey Stinger. Um, not tried Honey Stinger in a race. No. Sponsored. Sponsored. I'm trying a, um, Hammer right now. Sent me a bunch of free stuff. Um, so I'm hoping that'll work. I'm going to start incorporating that in my, my long run, so it's kind of one of the nice things about we have all this time to just, like, train, is I'm going to figure out what I don't get sick while drinking.
0: Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. I, I would never have found noon had it not been for you. Like, I went to visit Zach uh, last year before Boston, and he gave me a bunch of noon stuff, and I'm like, what is this? He's like, try it. Like, honestly, he was like, pretty great hangover cure and i'm like oh fuck yeah <laughs> so I,
4: drink I still drink noon every day just to be like hydrated i drink i've already had one today and i also always drink it when i'm drinking it is an amazing hangover cure if you are drinking you should buy noon you're no longer sponsored by them but it's great
0: it's pretty great right now i'm just what i'm drinking right now i take it to every wedding i go to if you just like you want to wait till you're like two to three beers in Take a break, drink a full of noon, and you're good. And then drink one before bed if you can. It's it's strangely it's been the like key thing for like St. Patrick's Day for like last like two yeah. years. <laughs> well, <clears throat> with, with like so, did you think you were going to continue to chase these distances after that that first like mountain running and and um, and the marathon? Do you expect? Did you expect to just continue I, to do this?
4: So, like, I had, like, essentially the greatest two months, like, of my life, or really, like, four months. Like, I I got second at the U.S. Mountain Running Championships. I got 25th at the World Championships, and then I won my first marathon. And then – so, that was October. I took, like, a week to just straight up – just drink my face off. I had never pre-gamed a football game in my four years of college and like because we weren't allowed to drink in season. So like this was my kind of fifth year. I graduated in December. Drank like a ton, went to my first pre-game, did all this stuff. And I remember very stupidly I was allowed to still run with the guys on the team. And I went on a run with two teammates who had just found out that day, I think even after practice, that they did not make the NCAA team cut. Like, they were the, like, 8th and ninth men, or, like, ninth and 10th men. They weren't even alternates, but they kind of, like, like one of them had at least rightly kind of earned that 7th spot, at the very least 8th. I went on a run with them after not running and just drinking for, like, 10 days, and we ran, like, 11 miles at, like, 538 pace. They didn't say a word. They just hammered. Like, we did, like, a 6-minute mile, and then we just started doing 520s. So it was like, oh, this sucks, and... I did that run, I was like, oh, I'm quite tired, I haven't run, I've gained like six pounds in the last five days, and then I went for an easy run the next day, and essentially like partially tore my hamstring, um, just like one mile into an easy three mile run at like 7.30 pace, and then, so I didn't run for all of November, all of December, I got hired for a job in inner city Detroit. I was told by like the principal that it was the most progressive school that they had cured, like they fixed the problem of city schools. And it was a, like utopia. And I got there and it was not a utopia. It was very hard. To work. <laughs> it was not good. Um, so I was uninjured or I was injured. Wasn't able to run like a step. Like I think I went, I didn't, I wasn't able to run until like mid March. And then I still ran Boston that year on like three weeks of running. Um, and I was, like, crying myself to sleep. I think, almost every night of the week because I would just get, like, cussed at and, like, stuff thrown at me for, like, eight hours a day at work. Um, so I went from, like, having – I, like, I finished Detroit and started setting goals. It was like, okay, I'm going to take top 20 of Boston this year. Like, I'm going to make the world 50-mile team, all this stuff. And then I spent, like, six months – like not having a good time <laughs> at all, so I, I got to experience like the best running times of my life and the probably absolute worst like uh, running times of my life back to back. Um, and then I think I tried my first 50 mile at the end of that summer, and it went well, and things started to just kind of click again. So it was a it was a bumpy road to get back for sure. Like I ran 220 in my first marathon, and I think I ran 235 at Boston. For like my next marathon.
0: That's that's really the duality of this running thing, isn't it?
4: Yeah. It's up, when it's high, it's high. When
0: you're low, you're low. And so that would have been your first USA title, then, right? The fifty k. My fifty k came. I don't remember
4: when that was. I think that was maybe two years after my first marathon. <laughs> Yeah. and like that had come after just like a little a minor injury like nothing crazy i ran detroit i think it was the next year <laughs> <Florida>. the, next, <laughs> the next year i ran detroit and got second after being in the lead with 300 meters to go <laughs> i got walked down and lost uh, two thousand dollars in the span of 20 seconds um and Then, and I think I ran 225 or 226 for my Detroit the next year as I was starting to finally come back. And then that was October. So then in March, I ran just on a whim. It was my first like road ultra. I'd run one trail 50 mile at that point. On a whim, I was like, I don't know, I'll try this like road 50K championship. And I ended up averaging a faster pace than my Detroit marathon that October for the 50K in a snowstorm. Like it was snowing and it was awful. On this horrible like 5k loop that you did 10 times that had um a hairpin turn every single loop like you would do a two like eight mile loop and then you would run down a four foot wide path um to a cone a traffic cone and turn around it and come back to make each loop a 5k <laughs> and Jeez. there was ice and snow on that path as well and i ran yeah i ran 252 for the 50k which i think at the time was like the um fourth fastest u.s time ever which was cool. So then I kind of found like, oh, I think I might want to chase the long,
0: fast stuff on the road. That's been kind of one of my like my specialty event. So, so you <laughs> now, I mean, that's fourth all fourth all time at that point. It's like at that point. So was it like okay, this is this is my event now?
4: Kind of like I said at the beginning, I don't like just focusing on one thing so like after that i didn't just focus on the 50k then immediately it's like what can i do in a 50 mile like on the trails with a ton of technical footing and like the 50 mile i did right after that i absolutely sucked on like i ran terribly and it was like that's maybe too hard for right now i want to get better at that so i've kind of spent the last few years trying to like obviously improve my marathon time and that's worked but i keep going back to this like i have not crushed I've crushed one 50-mile trail race, but it was on, like, crushed gravel roads. It still had a good amount of climbing. Actually, I guess both of my 50 – I've done two really good 50-mile races, but neither of them were technical, which is why I still have been trying these, like, technical 50-mile races and, for the most part, getting my butt kicked. But, like, I want to get good at them because it's something I'm not good at yet. So that's, like, what brings me to some of those, like, longer things is – it's just the idea of, like, oh, I suck at this right now. Like, I wonder if I can – yeah, good at it. I might not be able to, like, living where I live. Like, I have no technical trails at all. Like, in some of the training for these, I just ran off trail and just, like, through the woods next to the trails to try and practice. Um, <laughs> there was, like, no way to get a vertical gain where I live without running on a treadmill. So I'm still trying to, like, figure this whole thing out. But it, it's fun being bad at something where, like, those guys in the line that could clean – their clocks if we touched a track and but they'll finish thirty minutes ahead of me on this like hilly trail. So that's like would have been trying to get better at now. still still trying to do that.
0: So so now let that's now transition over to you were coaching yourself the entire time, right? For that point?
4: Yeah, I think um, I think I'm on like two years with my coach now. Just over two, two and a half years, maybe. So, a lot of that was just like me trying different training philosophies. Like, I did Daniels for a little bit, sort started doing like C- Canova stuff that was supposed to on let's run. Um,
0: I was just trying like everything. Cool. Um, so, uh, so, at what point did you hit your first race following? Um, like I guess you transition to your coach at what point did you hit that first race and did you did you have any any kind of hesitations because I know I, I wouldn't say like I had any hesitations with you but it was always like I mean you see on Strava everybody running fucking hard as shit and it's like yeah, and so like I, I would say your training was very different than what you were doing before as was mine yeah was, what was the transition to being, to having a coach?
4: Yeah. I mean, like, I think you and I were very similar. And, like, I was like jokingly and like truly nicknamed like the workout king in college. Like I would crush guys who had five KPRs 20 seconds faster than me and like every workout, like I could just slaughter a workout. I'd set my mile PR is from a workout. My 800 PR is from a workout. Like I can really put an effort out there And I just kind of always, like, thought that, like, that was – you were supposed to show that you were the best in the workout and, like, put full effort into it. I never learned moderation. Um, And then, like, I I get this coach who's like, no, you shouldn't be dead, like, in workouts. There are a few. Like, there is a, you know, there's a time to just, like, really try it out. And there's a few big workouts. Like, I had Chris do a really hard workout several weeks ago. But, like, those should be kind of few and far between. Um, so, yeah, it was weird at first to be doing things. That was like, oh, this isn't that hard. Like, I did stuff like this my senior year of high school. But then I remembered like, my senior year of high school is when I was kind of at my best. And those are the things that worked for me, not just, like, dying in every single workout or really overdoing the mileage. Um, and I, I got a lot more relaxed. And yeah, pretty much just about every race I've done under him has been really great. It's funny you bring up, like, you see people doing, like, way too much on Strava, like, there's like some Michigan groups I've joined recently that are putting out like challenges each week for different segments and they have leaderboards and like I'm, I s- I scroll through a couple of guys today because I didn't make the top five for last week's like weekly mileage on this just like local Michigan um, like Strava challenge thing. Guy ran 78 miles last week, which like to me sounds like a pretty good amount of miles, but like I didn't make top five. I looked at these guys who both ran 100 miles last week i like, their five KPRs are in the upper 15s. I'm like, why are you running 105 miles a week? Like, that's so much. That's way too much. That's the kind of mileage you run. I feel like you're a professional marathoner. Like, if you're running 1550, you're probably exhausted from running 105 miles a week. Run 80. You'll run, like, 1450 at least. (laughs) Like, you're exhausted. That's why you're not running faster. And they do a lot of their mileage at, like, 630. So I was just scrolling through. It's like, a lot of people... Live to impress people on Strava, but like if you look at my Strava right now, like I think my average for my seventy-eight miles last week was probably like six fifty-three, maybe something in the six fifties. It wasn't crazy. I did a run yesterday at seven thirty-eight pace. Like, like my Strava won't impress until you see me do a long run workout that's like twenty miles at five forty. You're like, oh, he's in shape.
0: I would say that's it's been the most... six fifty <laughs> Well, that's been the most interesting thing. Is like is being able to put aside – and I think joining any kind of run clubs in your local area, I think that's a tough thing because, like, you have a lot of people that are – that have some kind of talent. They they maybe ran in college for a little bit too. And it's, like, that four-mile, five-mile run is them, like, dick swinging. And it's, like, you got to yeah. just, like, put it aside and then, like, your – like, I think the one thing that I, I realized working with you was, like, I have to put my, I have to put my ego aside and say, I'm going to like the two days a week that I'm working out are going to be those two days a week where like, it's going to be good for me, but it's also like, I understand that it, like for a lot of people that are working really, really hard for, for their marathon, like their marathon pace. And it's like, yeah, mine, mine might not be like, like I've run harder workouts in, in grad school. Like I, I pulled up my old grad school logs from Tumblr and I was like, oh my God, like I'm opening up a, a workout in 438. And I'm like, this is stupid. And, and like, there's nothing, there's never going to be anything like that again for any kind of workouts that I do. And it's like just putting that ego aside and saying, this is the long-term benefit of anything that we do.
4: I, I look back at some of my old college stuff because I kept a log of that on like the old, uh, like flow track uh, training log And two days before the pen relays, my coach had me do 32 by 400. Like, before a a 3K steeple, I did 32, 400. I don't know what. I averaged sub 70. I got third in the race. I probably could have won. I only lost by five seconds. So, I feel
3: uh, like there's like a fine balance between actually working out for your own benefit and, like, working out just to, like Chris said, dick swing. <laughs> yeah,
5: yeah.
3: <laughs> I feel like finding that balance is really hard. Like, I feel like even listening to people who are, like, collegiate athletes, like you or Chris, it's like, you, you just hear about these workouts. It's like, yeah, like, I opened in a 438 mile. It's like, okay. But, yeah, I mean, even as an amateur, like, I kind of feel that. Um, when do you think that it really started to click? Do you think it was, like, hiring the coach that was, like okay, yeah, I should really, I should really figure this
4: out. I've always been super competitive and just willing to do like what it takes to get better. But I think I had like run myself down. Like I was just trying different training programs and just trying everything like over training, under training, and just really had no, like, it's, it's really hard when you put it all on yourself. And then when I put it like on him to help me get better, it was just so much easier I didn't have to think about all that other stuff and like all of his athletes are really good. So it's like it's working. Like whatever he's doing, I might as well put my trust in that. And then ultimately it wasn't that much different from some of the training I'd done myself. It was just a little bit more relaxed. The mileage was lower and he just was like, You need to slow down. Like I would propose I'd be like, I did ten miles at six twenty pace today. Like, why'd you do that? Like, oh I felt really good. It's like you you have to slow down. And still he does that now, like I think last week I went out for uh, an easy 12 mile run. It was supposed to be easy and it said on the log. It wasn't moderate, it just said easy 12. I think I ran like 618 and it wasn't easy. Like I actually, I was running like some 558s, so like mile four and five. And I put in my log, like, yeah, I was on under six for a couple miles because I was just, I just got rolling. And then the last three miles, I felt really exhausted. So I started jogging. And they said, like, that's do Don't. Don't do that. I told you to run easy. If you're getting exhausted on an easy run, you're not. You're defeating the whole purpose. So like it's it's good to have someone to like be that person who's like, Hey, I'm glad you felt fit, but you need to slow down just like as a reminder. Because in college, a lot of colleges just this unchecked like look at all these twenty year olds who are like really aggressive and competitive, and like you put all of these state champions into like one corral and you don't observe them. Like just yeah, they're just gonna Measure themselves against each other like every day, whereas like now I'm like, oh, if I run too hard, I'm going to be injured for three months and I won't be able to run at all. So it's nice like having someone tell me like, hey, you're going too fast, actually, which is something like I didn't hear for probably like a six year span from like freshman year of college till two years after. I never heard you're going too fast. I would be yelled at for like going too slow. Hey, Chris, does that sound familiar?
2: So what would you say is too slow?
4: Um these days I don't really have a too slow. I had to slow my wife down both yesterday and today because she was running faster than I wanted to run. Like today she was two stepping me. <laughs> at one point we running like we ran 5 miles at 7:28 pace and like that was faster than I wanted to go. Cuz she we took yesterday easy, like 7.32 pace, and, like, she's pretty fit. She she runs, like, five to eight miles a day, and, like, she can run on 17s. And, like, she was running, like, 7.10 pace on the second mile of our run. And, like, I was – I actually told her, I said, hey, can we slow down? <laughs> I was like, please slow down. I don't want to run this pace today. Um, but in college, I would nev- – I don't know if I ran any miles above 7.10 ever. Like, in four years, I don't think I ever ran anything slower than 7.10. Yeah, well, I think we like, were like yelled at if we ran slower than seven minutes.
2: My marathon PR is seven thirty three, and I'm training for a seven twenty, and I run like ten minute pace. Well,
4: oh, that's great. Like yeah. maybe, maybe
2: too slow, but like I feel like I'm actually recovering on it, so I just continue yeah. to do
4: it. I think like was I so I, in the last one I said how much time I add. So like I usually I usually am six thirty to six fifty on like a normal just like ten mile run. And my marathon pace is five, five fifteen. So I'm usually like a minute thirty to a minute fifty above my marathon pace. So like, yeah, like one thirty to two minutes above your marathon pace is generally like a good idea. Like, so you you should be running like nine to nine thirty, and you'd be totally fine.
2: Do you do like easy and recovery though? Because I think Nicole, you had said that you guys talked about like there's easy
4: and recovery so like my 10s are like my recovery and like easies i'm in like eight thirty to 9 so yeah that was actually today i did both an easy and a recovery so i did a double i ran 10 and five today this morning i ran 10 at 655 and for my second run i did five at seven twenty-eight or whatever it was so i'd say my recovery is usually a six mile run or less
0: yeah, and <laughs> I mean that's that's typically what I what I do for you too, and I do for what I tell Logan and also uh, Katie. It's like those are it, it's those those days. Like there's a point to that. It's not your you're not doing ten miles. You're not there's not anything like kind of building your aerobic capacity. It's like it's just to shake that out, and it's like there's no. There's no pace work involved. Like just get out there, shake those legs out, and get out to the next day.
2: <laughs> I don't know. Too, I, heard. I like to run slow, Zach. Like, I think I'm like a trail runner at heart. But I think is, like, uh, it's yeah.
4: Yeah. <laughs> my whole philosophy on the recovery run slash like the double, like if you ever do a second run in a day, and I don't know if there's any science to this at all, but to me, a double, the only purpose – is if you have the time like these days with quarantine if you have the time to do a double that's great it should never be fast like ever like you should never push a double run that's like defeats the purpose from some of the stuff i've read one of the main purposes of a double is to train your body to recover faster like before like in a certain amount of hours rather than 24 hours each time other than that like I think a lot of people get into trouble where they're like, and I have to do this, I have my top high school runners double occasionally. It's still pretty rare, but like when they do, they will sometimes, because it's only a four-mile run they're going out for in the evening, run way faster for that four-mile run than they did for their eight-mile run earlier in the day. And I think that's like the opposite of what a double should be. I think a double should always be a recovery run. Like your second run is like, I have the time, should never force a double, is another thing. Like even when I'm at my highest mileage and I know it's going to send me back six or seven miles of my planned week, if it's like, oh, I was really busy, if the only time I could do a double is at, like, 9 p.m., I just don't do the double. A double should be like, okay, I have the time, and I'm just going to run easy. It should be, like, easy podcast time, or, like, running with a friend who's slower than you. Like, that's, that's like, why philosophy and doubles. I think hammering two runs in a day is kind of dumb. It's kind of funny that you say that. Like, I'm
3: the only person, I think, that's on this podcast, it's not part of you guys' coaching collective like you and Chris <laughs> so, um, But the, the second I started working with my coach, like, I've worked with a lot of random just one-off people. Um, but I actually started working with a coach from my trained. And the first thing she told me was, like, you're not taking your easy runs easy enough. Like, I don't care what your VDOT says. I don't care what your easy pace range on whatever app you're using says. Like, you need to run 9 to 9.30, period. Like, I don't want to see any sub 9 out of you. On an easy day, so like that was kind of like the first, the first time I worked with her. And now that I've progressed, like my marathon pace at the time was like seven thirty, and now like she's having run straight sevens, and it's still like your recovery day should not be faster than nine thirty. Um, so it's just kind of interesting to hear like another take on that. Like it, it sounds like it's across the board. Like any coach is going to be like, "Hey, like you need to slow down."
4: <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. That's what coaches, like coaches that know what they're doing are for, because I I know like quite a few fast people don't, coaches, and don't have marathon times that match what they should have run, and they run really fast pretty much every day. Like I, I know girls who have not broken three that do all of their runs at 640 to 7 minute marathon, pace or 640 to 7 minute pace, like for every run, whether it's an easy run or, or whatever. I'm like, that's way too fast. <laughs> like, if you've not broken three, 640 is not an easy
0: run. It's faster than marathon, babe. No, uh, Nicole is very much about uh, the reminder, Terry, but he's saying, you're running your easy runs way too fast.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's something that people are very passionate about, you know?
2: <laughs> Dude, also, when Des Linden starts her run, I posted this a couple weeks ago, she started one of her runs at, like, 8.15, and I'm like, you can start your run slow. Like that's literally three minutes slower than her marathon pace.
0: So fuck off, yeah. everybody. Scott Fauble does pace. his runs yeah, right. Scott Fauble does his regular, like, regularly does some runs at like 7:30 pace, and he's a 2:09 marathon.
4: Yeah. I try and I try my best to never be under seven minutes for my first mile, like on any given run. And like my pace is 5.15, 15, and I like make it a point to not break seven for my first run. Mile of a run because I think that's getting out the gate just too fast. There's no point, especially if you're doing a 12 mile run. Your first one to four should just be to get your legs warmed up before you get into a nice little pace.
2: Yeah, I'm usually above nines when I start my long runs. Yeah, it's like I don't even feel warmed up until like three or four miles in. Like, yeah, yeah. if I do it your long it's harder than if I do like a 10 mile run. So I'm like, I didn't even like I feel like crap during that run, yeah. <laughs> <They're> too short. <laughs>
1: Are you saying for, like, a long run where, like, you have a workout or just, like, a long, like, recovery run?
2: Everything. I, hold on. Wait. If uh, I have a long – if I'm doing my – so when I do my long run on Saturday, yeah, I will start probably at 9.30, 9.15, and I'll work down to, like, an 8, and I just have, like, a long run. I don't have a workout. Uh, and yeah. still do the same thing.
0: I mean, I've had the same thing with with myself. Like for some of the workouts, and and Zach, you've seen everything that I post on Strava. Like there's some of those five, like those 15 mile, 16 mile runs with like the last five at tempo. That first mile was like 8:10, 8:05. Like we're doing slow boys with with Sam and 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 Braden, and then we get then we just let the little legs shake out because it's like, I mean, honestly, the last like six, like last like. Four months has been super cold in Ohio. So, like, you, you need more time to be able to, like, warm up into that. So, yeah, it's like, okay, it's... I've run you know my last reruns. It sucks. <laughs> it, it's, it's like 23 degrees. Like, you need more time to warm up. And, like, you don't need to necessarily be on pace right away. And it's been scary, too, because it's been, like, I my first mile was 8.10. And it's like, I, my ten, my ninth mile is still like 7.10. And I have five miles at 5.30 pace that I have to come up with. But it's also like, okay, we've let our let's like warm up, warm up, warm up, warm up. And it's like, okay, we're, we're ready to go. I
4: learned yes, the, those two okay. lessons my senior year of uh, college of not paying attention to the warm up, like how you feel, because there's one run... Our coach used to drive us like 30 minutes away to this dirt road loop uh, from campus. We'd get back at like 8 p.m. sometimes, like a weekday with homework. But like I felt – I was so tired from a test I took that day. I fell asleep in the van right out to start the workout. It was sitting, like six miles at like 5'10 pace on the dirt road like against the, the other like fast college guys. I fell asleep in the car. And then, like, slogged through like a waking up warm up. Like, I was just at the back of a whole pack. Like, this workout is gonna suck. And then I ran like six miles, five ten. Felt awesome. So I've just learned that like warm ups don't matter. Like warm ups are just warm up <laughs> to wake yourself up. Your workout's a whole different. You're gonna activate a whole system. So like, don't ever put stock into like, oh shoot, like I'm about to, have to drop pace. Can I do it? It's like, well, you won't really know <laughs> until you ratchet up the pace. Like maybe you'll feel awful, but. You don't really know, and that's a, just like it's like doing a whole different run.
0: You yeah. Up the pit. My coach always said it's like <laughs> what with repeats was like. Go ahead, Nikin. Go ahead.
2: Sorry, I was gonna say I was telling Chris that because I had like a one of my first workouts I did with you, Chris, was the minute on at the top of every mile, and Nicole and I did our warm up together at like. I don't know, 830s. And I was like, there's no way I'm about to drop like a minute and feel good. Like, I don't feel good in this. And then during the rest of the miles, like after I did my minute on, like I was like, I can't slow down. Like, I, feel like I just want to keep flying. <laughs> like, you just like you get turned like, you know, it just like feels a lot better. But I don't know.
4: I'm I sure. like that oh, yeah. workout. I've done that for a twenty-mile run before. It's like one of my favorite workouts. You just like get to start a I mile it and then go out for a bit, it's so
0: fun. And, yeah,
2: because then you feel like you're like
0: slugging the last. Yeah, <laughs> and and that's that's been something new that I learned from Zach. Like I've done a combination of things for for uh, for Logan and and for for Keen about like like things that I've learned from you, uh, both from my Boston and from Columbus, as well as like things that I did in college. Um, that were actually like good pace work and changing gears and stuff like that. So it's been a really good combination of that stuff. Um, they did a 90 60 30 15 workout that I did back in college. That was a lot of fun. And uh, love that. <laughs> so 90 60 30 15, when I, I did, did it, it was fun. when I did I it in college, oh,
1: Gene, I was supposed I was to, it <laughs> was a whole transition thing for you. You were supposed to become. An entirely different person.
2: No, I was team. on the pace for like the entire time. I don't like being a, or under seven minute pace. I don't like being in the you sixes. You were
1: supposed to be a different person. It's like a butterfly. You were gonna. My
3: sister's team. Do not move that fast, Zach. What's your favorite workout?
4: Um, absolute favorite. If you had to pick, I love a good. Yeah. You oh, know, yeah. Nap. I'm good nap. I'm like, I'm very. My two. I got two that are tied. I've got the power hour, which is basically for me like a eleven mile tempo, pretty close to marathon pace, maybe like ten seconds slower. I do that sometimes. It's a sixty minute tempo after like, and my my favorite workouts are all long run workouts. I do all these like run three to five do this i personally hate speed i have to do it to maintain it but i just i don't like i'm k's i don't like three minute part legs i hate them because i don't like running fast fast i like running control mile fast and my favorite is what i i gave chris a couple weeks ago the, the big kahuna where i do i do five miles at marathon pace one mile float so one minute added to my marathon pace then i do four miles marathon pace one mile float three miles of marathon pace one mile float two mile half marathon pace one mile float and then one mile all out that one um, <laughs> i've done it twice and uh both times i've run very well after so that's my like that's the, the secret weapon uh the the nas elite guys do something like exactly like that so it's, it's not like a secret workout a lot of the top marathoners doing it but it if you can finish that one, you know you're pretty good to go for the marathon because you've done a lot of it at the pace with these nice breaks in between. So that's like the major confidence boost. You finish that, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wreck some people.
1: <laughs> All
4: right. So that's what I this taper, Craig. Throw me the big
0: one. No, <laughs> I, I would mean, I, 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 people, you know, Starting
4: at the four-mile or the three-mile, starting with the five is, is pretty tough.
0: Yeah he, gave, yeah, he originally we were going to do the four-mile one. Uh, but since Boston was canceled, we moved to doing the three, the, uh, the five mile one. Um, and, and honestly, it, it was, it's the toughest work I've ever had. Like I can even look it's at, hard. <laughs> it's harder than anything I've done in college. Um, and considering it was like probably 60, 70 degrees when I ran it in no water, I was like, I really want to do it again. Like I really <laughs> want to do it again. And I, and it's more, it's, it's funny. It's more about that last mile. That last mile pissed me off. I'm like the fact that I didn't. I wanted to break five in my last mile, like, and it was like, I'm going uphill, and I'm like, this is not, this is not going to happen. And I started blacking out by the time that that like, two mile mark hit, and I'm like, oh, like I, I'm starting to see that tunnel vision that you told me about about a week ago. The, the
4: last time I did, I went full tunnel vision for the whole last mile. I was seeing stars and, and purple, and yeah, you know, like we're gonna pass out. <laughs>
2: When Court told us that he was done drinking after, I don't know, what was it, one or one, maybe one beer on Friday, because you had this workout, like, I knew it
4: was (laughs) serious.
2: He's like, guys, I'm done drinking. I'm going to bed. I'll talk to you tomorrow.
4: (laughs) When I did it, I, like, had a small glass of wine, and I made spaghetti and meatballs and, like, got in bed at, like, 9 p.m., because I was like, this is basically a race. Like, I got to get recovered for this one. Man, that television feeling though—it's terrifying,
1: isn't it? Like, yeah. I only—I—I I rarely get there, but like, especially like during the summer <laughs> well, and stuff. Like, you definitely get into the television a lot in the winter, at least for me. I feel like I enjoy the winter runs a lot more. I like the cold, but like, Chris and I—this was like when it, back in January, Chris, when we first started really training together, and we did like a seven twenty pace. Like, I told him, "I'm like, I feel like I'm going to pass out." <laughs> you know, like, that was the time that. I was hitting television. And, like, I felt like my peripheral vision was just getting smaller and smaller. And the only thing Chris could say to me was why? <laughs> like, <laughs> and that's it. Like, and then we just kept going and I was like, I don't know, buddy, you tell me.
0: And, and I'd like to ask you this. Cause I think Keen and, and Nicole understand like, cause Keen and Nicole have run marathons. And at this point, Keen's really easy to train because she understands pacing. Um, and, and Nicole, as, as also just, just understands Facebook as well. It's like, at what point do you remember when you were able to have that kind of like mindset and like, kind? Of, cause like, I, I know we talked about it. I hate, I hate, no I don't hate to throw this in there. We talked about, we talked about drive to survive for a little bit cause I know you watched it for a little bit and <laughs> yeah. we, and, and I, I've talked a lot about the parallels of like, like kind of like the tire management thing, like and things like that. At what point, like as a, as a marathon runner, that's con- that's something that I've never thought about. AK is short. I can muscle through an AK even without eating that morning. Um well, you, you can muscle through a lot of like anything. AK like the AK 10K and below, like you can muscle through that. At a certain point, when you start getting to the marathon, you start doing like marathon mm-hmm. and, and ultras. You start looking at nutrition now, and so now you start trying to like. This is all strategic now. At what point did you hit that as far as like a running, running standpoint and also just like racing standpoint? I didn't really like learn to respect the marathon enough
4: until really I got that coach and started running easier and running marathon pace. Like, so the the last time I did the five, four, three, two, one, I averaged like in total, I think like including the fast. Two mile, one mile at the end, like 514 total. And then I averaged 515 for my marathon three weeks later. But I actually did that same workout um, under my like college coach going into my first marathon at 21. And I averaged sub five for the entire thing, like for every like rep. I, I started with <laughs> a really 25 flat AK. I ran a 19, like 52, four mile. I ran a 14, 53 mile. Uh, Like nine thirty-eight two mile and like a four thirty-six mile by myself after student teaching on the track Mm -hmm. in the dark. And then I I ran a two twenty marathon though, which is five twenty pace versus like the two eleven pace that I ran the workout at. And that was similar, like three to four weeks before my marathon. And I think I I left my whole marathon in that workout. Like I was on the ground after the mile, and like I never recovered. Like I didn't recover by the race. So, like, I was going at that first marathon like a college track runner where I just want to make sure every workout, I left every single bit of energy out there. And then, like, these days, most long run workouts, like, aren't that hard. Like, running five to ten miles of your long run at marathon pace isn't easy, but, like, once you're, like, it's been, like probably all of you have experienced this, if you're doing, like, a six-mile tempo at marathon pace, once you've hit, like, mile three, it's not that bad. You're like, if, you, if you're if you having a decent day and you're locked into the pace, like, okay, yeah, I, I remember, I can run this pace for over two hours. Like,
5: I think I can do
4: it for, like, 15 to 20 more minutes. Like, not big of a deal. But, like, I did not approach my first few like that at all. Like, I approached, like, if I was doing a tempo, I'd still be trying to run as close to five minutes as possible and just, like, leaving way too much out there. So I, I, the marathon you really is a distance you have to respect because I've run some bad marathons and they're horrible. Like I've walked in at least three marathons and it sucks. <laughs> when a marathon goes poorly, there's no motivational speech or nutrition you can hit. That's going to get you back. Like once you've bumped, it's a very, very painful route to the finish. You, you can't, you can't reverse it. <laughs> so like Respecting the training and going there with like natural reserve and the right, like, systems is so important reverse if you go there with blown out tires and you don't have a nutrition plan like yeah it's going to go poorly <laughs> there's no there's no way it's going to go well like you can't fake it you can fake a 5k 8k maybe a 10k but once you get beyond that like there's no faking like you're screwed if it goes poorly
0: yeah and so i i do want i do want to add get this part because this is one thing that we've all we've all wanted to know um it's going to get some insight on this last, I guess, year and a half, tears of running. So, can you talk about because your story qualifying is interesting too? Qualifying for the trials because you came yeah. off a race like you did before. Yeah. Talk about that.
4: Yeah, my um, I signed up for the USA 50 mile cha- road championships, which were on a gravel road in Pennsylvania, and. October or November I can't remember the date I think it was like late October it was like 80 degrees at the finish line I was in State College Pennsylvania so I ran that and like I remember I think two weeks before the race I had told my coach like hey by the way like last minute I got an elite entry into CIM like is it okay if I run that I know like I'm totally focused on this 50 mile right now but like if the first week of December, like five weeks later, can I run this marathon? Is like, we'll see, like, let's do the 50 mile, like no outside distractions. Like, okay, yeah, totally. I get it. And I remember doing two weeks out because it was 50 mile training. I wasn't doing like crazy fast workouts. I remember I did five mile, a five mile tempo. And there wasn't really a prescribed pace because, you know, we're just trying to like make sure we have some speed for the 50 mile, but you don't need to do anything crazy. And I averaged like 523 pace and it felt impossibly hard and I was like okay lol like seven weeks I'm gonna try and run like 26 at 517 pace. that's not gonna go well so I ran the 50 mile it went really well it was pretty hilly a hot day but I managed to win it like half the field dropped out because it was really hot like just aggressively hot it was horrible um I tried to drop a mile 47. I was like getting delusional and the last three miles are downhill. My parents are like, no, it's a three mile downhill to the finish. Just keep going. I was like, okay. And so I ran that. And then like the next week I was like, yeah, I think I want to try this marathon. I took, I think I ran like maybe six miles in the week after the race. Like I ran twice, but no, I'm too heavy, too sore. And then I think I did in reality three weeks of working out <laughs> for this marathon. And like on the third week I did that five, four, three, two, one. It was like, oh yeah i guess i could probably run this like actually otq i think what i put my log is like i I put my splits down for that i said i'm going to run a fucking olympic trials time and then my coach was like okay (laughs) i you're going to i did not expect this and then uh but going into the olympic trials a week and a half before i um Got a sinus infection, which is always fun. My final tune-up race was just two by two miles at marathon pace, which would be really easy seven days out from the marathon, and I could not do two miles at the pace, and I shut it down, like, after the second mile of the workout, running, like, 5.22. I was like, oh, oh no, and, like, all I was doing was just coughing and blowing my nose, so I ran, like, a 25-mile week going into the marathon the day before I ran with some friends and felt like bad. I didn't want them to think they were going to get sick like the night like, for the race. Cause like I was blowing shot rockets on our three mile jog. And then like miraculously I woke up on marathon morning and for the first time in 10 days, like my nostrils were clear. Like I woke up a hundred percent better, like not taking medicine that day. And I was like, Oh, well, we'll see where this goes. I guess I'll just try and run at pace as long as I can. And then like in the race, like every single mile felt awesome. Like, I never, I think my pace range for all 26 miles was fastest mile of 513 and slowest mile was like 517 for a 20. Yeah. So I just like found 515 and it felt awesome. So it's another one, like, I, and I tell like, uh, people too, like, if you bomb your last workout it, it doesn't matter. I literally couldn't finish a four mile workout like seven days before I ran an OTQ. So it doesn't matter. Like the work's been done and it doesn't go away. You might just take some weird ways to to get to that PR. But yeah, that's that's also comes just like from my experience of training over the years. It's just like don't freak out about any one particular awesome workout or bad workout because over it's the accumulation of miles and workouts. It's not one good workout or one bad workout you had. But yeah, I probably wouldn't recommend taking of a full fifty-mile training cycle to a marathon. Like, I think I might have maybe one out on that one. I wouldn't. I don't think I'll do that next time around. <laughs> I'd just do a full marathon cycle.
0: So. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that is a different story than most people have. And I think there's a lot of things there that like it will resonate with. And and really like like I, that's what I tell to Logan uh, a lot. And I've actually of a colleague Logan, not Larry, the entire pod. Uh, yeah. You, uh, yeah.
5: A, a, did I upset you? Are we yeah. okay? No, yeah, so uh,
0: no, that's what, that's one thing that really you focus on is like it's it's really tapering those those peaks, those peaks and, and those peaks yeah. and lows. Because like It's it's that grind. It is it's a long term effect. Like that one workout, yeah, you're super excited about it, and it's like, but it has to be something that's it's consistent. We're looking forward, okay? That happens, awesome. Let's go to the next step. Let's go to next step. Then it's great to be really excited about your workouts, but it's also like this this sport hurts. (laughs) Sport.
3: Yeah. And I I, I always I always tell people like workouts are about. Gaining fitness and not proving fitness. Like, you go in thinking, I'm going to get fit. Like, if you miss a couple of splits during a workout, it's like, it's not the end of the world. But, like, you're going to take that into a race no matter what. Like,
2: well, I think we've talked about this on another podcast too. Like, we're, when you're doing these workouts and these paces, you're trying to get your body familiar with how you're moving. Like, as dumb as it sounds, like, for me, it's like the way my ponytail moves or like, the way the fat jiggles on my legs and the way my feet hit and like the way my arms are moving. Like when I'm like running like a six minute pace, like my arms are moving like literally way more full motion versus when I'm like doing recovery, my arms are really tight. So it's like you start to realize those things that your body's doing and just how you get connected with that pace. That's personally like how I feel about it. And like when Chris tells me to run, half marathon pace or marathon pace, I'm really, like, tuning in and focusing to how my body feels, how it probably looks, and all of that.
4: That's what the, uh, that's actually what the Kenyans do. They're, like, famous for, they don't talk on most of their runs or workouts. And, like, some of them have been interviewed saying, like, they don't like even talking on their easy runs because they like to be, like, in tune with their body and listening to how it's, like, responding to their run. I feel like we have a very different style
1: of like training and warming up and stuff because like the way that I get into I'm it compared to the way, what? Because I'm lazy. No, no, it's not a lazy thing. I just feel like we just have a very different like way about it. Cause like, for example, when Chris and I, like when Chris tells me that I have like a long run and like, it's like a workout long run, right? Like, let's say for example, like the 5 or 8 K time trial that we did uh, a little while ago, like to get geared up for that. I, uh, I guess I didn't listen to my AirPods during that because I feel like I was more serious about that run than like I usually am. But like for most you of our runs, like,
2: like 30 seconds slower than your race pace, that would never, ever, 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 ever happen for me. Sorry. <laughs> been walking that cool down. If I had just like killed my race, like no way.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Like the seven miles after I finished the AK time trial, like I was just like in a really good mood and I decided to just like have a ball of a time with it. And like, like, typically, like, with my runs, like, uh, today, for example, which I, I didn't finish that run, I'm having some foot issues still, um, but, like, I ran at, and Chris and I have been talking about this, like, just kind of, like you said, working the peaks down, like, uh, working out at, like, 8.30 pace, for example, and, like, that being, like, my baseline. So, instead of doing, like, 8-minute pace, whenever I'm doing a warm-up, I'm going to 8.30, so that way I'm a little bit more in tune with it, and then working my way down. And, like... That's something that's, like, new to me. But, like, I just feel like I don't really, like – like, I know what my body does when I run fast, and I know what it does when I run slow, so, like, I just let it do its thing. Whereas I feel like you listen more. And, like, that's cool. Like, don't get me wrong, that's completely, like, your thing. But I don't.
2: <laughs> well, I, I mean, I – the first probably four years of my running career, I was always injured. I was going to doctors. Like, it was my hip, and then it was my hamstring, and then it was my foot, and – I was just so annoyed. And so I started slowing down and I started taking two days off a week. I started being more lazy and I started working really hard on days I should work hard on. So like Chris gives me two days a week. I work hard. I work hard on Wednesdays and I work hard on Saturdays. And like that works for me. I work hard (laughs) two days a week. It used to be like Tuesday, Thursdays I'd do two hard workouts and I take it really easy the rest of the days because I'm not trying to impress anybody. I'm not trying to, do Anything crazy, I'm just trying to get miles in honestly, and so like that's just how I've done it. And I haven't been injured in like two
0: years now, like exactly two years. And I felt great every time I run, to be honest. Wednesday,
4: Saturday, everything else, literally, I know I don't care at all what the pace is. Wednesday, yeah, and Saturday, Tuesday, I love Fridays, Fridays, are my like. Generally, my lowest mileage run. I could not care less for my paces. Friday's just like if the miles get in. Yeah.
5: <laughs> that, and,
1: if you're not doing it for Strava. What are you doing it for?
2: <laughs> you know,
0: it, it's okay. the, the like fun. This
2: week I only have one fast run. Like this is my down week, and I felt like this workout was so easy. Like I was so intimidated by it. And I was texting Nicole before. And too fast and i'd have to slow down and i'd slow down too much i'm like fuck i missed i missed my pace because i slowed down too much because i was like going like 20 seconds faster but i don't know it's just like
4: i'm doing a thing right now actually that so the last few training cycles i've done i've had to rush a little bit because i've like gotten a little greedy with like the races i've done like back to back to back like high pressure races so one of the things i just discussed with my coach is Sometimes I, I still have the tendency to maybe start the workout too fast or have to make a correction or like I am just a couple seconds too fast. So what I'm working on, particularly with fart legs right now, just because I was so used to it in college, like just like kind of hammering from like first rep. I'm not – I'm trying my best outside of keeping track of like how much time I've left in the rep. I'm just starting with one-minute reps right now. I'm not paying attention to pace until like the last maybe two to three. So yesterday I did 12 by one-minute on – one minute off and like in full shape like in the middle of a training cycle i'd probably be doing like all of my one-man odds like 440 to 450 pace for all 12 and like yesterday a few times i glanced to see how much how many seconds i had left first of all i did it while listening to a philosophy podcast and <laughs> like carrying an iphone and i was running like 540s for my first six to seven reps and like because like oh, i I'm going to run whatever feels natural as a pickup. And like, if it's slow, that means my legs are tired and I shouldn't be hammering anyway. And then my last three, I think it was like four fifty for my last three, but I spent only the last three at that. So I'm right now trying to do just like whatever I might I'm pretty much just going to do fart legs for like four weeks right now. Just like whatever my legs feel is a natural, like fast pace for a pickup is what I'm going to do since I have all this free time to, to build my fitness way back up. It's kind of nice. Like I have no pressure right now. I don't need to be fit in 10 weeks even (laughs) for anything. Like I just want to get back to like, like what you were saying, like kind of a natural, like pay attention to when I'm running fast, how does my body feel? How is my form rather than like, Oh shoot. Like look at this watch like every 20 seconds.
0: And somebody actually asked about that. Go ahead.
2: I was going to say, I felt like I was I felt like I kept looking at my watch to stay in a certain pace, but then I felt like I was going slow and I probably should have been going a little bit faster, but I also didn't want to wear myself out by the end. So it's kind of like trying to pace myself long-term because I had 15 of them, but I don't know. It's a good perspective to like start a little bit slower and then like finish a little bit faster.
0: I mean, honestly, it's, 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 it's one minute. Um, you're not doing, a mile or two mile repeat, where it's like <laughs> oh I didn't hit that exact mile like like it's it's yeah. it's short enough for like you do take some time to get adjusted to pace because you are you're going from like probably a minute minute and a half slower so like it does take some time to be able to adjust to that and so it's all by feel like I'd rather would have like and it's for myself too it's like I'd rather go slower like slower in that first part and then just get it in and start 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 hammering do feeling good. Then just going out super hard in that first one and just like gasping for breath over the second half. Cause at that point you just ruined the yeah. workout at that point. Uh, I
2: think that last one was like a six thirty, though, Chris, you'd be super proud of me.
0: There
4: we go. <laughs>
2: Actually,
4: I think one of the things you learn in the post-collegiate world is like, in, in college like especially if you're with a fast group of guys like from rep one you're showing your coach how fit you are and who you're better than and so like you don't go into workouts thinking that you're going to warm up and crush last one you go in like oh shoot like that is, like that's not super productive um and like obviously the top guys in the country they're crushing their teams they never have to be able to beat them on the net like they're probably always leading it doesn't matter but like for the mid-pack people, it's all about proving yourself and earning that like travel trip or whatever, and like that's really hard to unlearn. So I think like a lot of people are so scared to like run sub-maximal pace at the start of a workout, like they're just like I don't know, but like I want to run this pace that I know I can. I'm like, well, yeah, but your first few, just like make sure you don't strain a
5: muscle and like you warm up. <laughs> <laughs> and bring
1: up a a good question. Um, the you mentioned earlier that you were like running and holding an iPhone and we had this conversation a little while ago on the podcast about like people's running gear and yeah. like Chris being the Neanderthal that he is holds two goos in his hand and also runs with a iPod shuffle or whatever. But, like what are you, what are you run with with gear? Like for the Olympic trials, did you run with like uh, music?
5: Like what did you, you did can you know? uh, for, for uh, my races. I like
4: silence. Like I've actually considered it for some of these 50 miles. Cause like there are some 50 miles, especially the hog miles, that will like wear a shuffle and just listen to stuff. Cause it's a long time. Yeah. Uh, no, for my marathon and 50k, I like just like being in, in the zone because the adrenaline takes care of that. But um, I think it was like, and I got upset because like I really like I like him as a writer. Malcolm Gladwell, a big runner too, who likes tweeted something earlier this year that was really toned down, saying something along the lines of like, if you listen to music when you run, like you're not a real runner, like you can't feel the moment. Like I was like, okay, Malcolm Gladwell, like, well, like, that's stupid because I listen to music all the time when I run, especially because I I haven't run with anyone and that wasn't my wife in like three weeks at this point, so like, I love podcasts when I run, I love music, I think that's, I don't mind holding my iPhone, I try not to do it every day because like I can feel that my form gets a little off and like Uh my arm gets heavy, but like, other than that like, I I run with my iPhone probably 50-60% to of my runs every week and i would definitely run with an ipod shuffle if i still had one of those it's pretty annoying carrying an iphone <laughs> like yeah yeah I got players aren't a thing anymore. like i really would love an
1: iPad, ipod shuffle to be honest um, well uh, nicole and i run with like i think it's nicole right that run with like the flip belts and uh yeah. yeah i don't know like that was the kind of conversation that we had because like chris hates the belt thing and like so does keen but like nicole and i are kind of in, in sync on that so like like the foot belt, for example,
4: have you tried running with a belt before? Or i like- my best Boston Marathon. I wore the little um, like Nathan, like really small pocket belt. Yeah, I've been, I've been, <laughs> i didn't feel like carrying gels or tucking them into my waistband. Yeah, maybe that they stopped making like a lot of shorts with the zipper. I don't. I love all of the shorts for the early two thousands had zippers on them, and now like it's so rare. To find yeah. that stupid. Um yeah that's a whole separate conversation so yeah i've run several like prestigious marathons with a little like belt just like i tuck around to the back and i put two to three gels in there Because so i'd rather do that but like i don't like holding them did you hear that podcast listeners even okay. zach wears a
1: belt
2: Even <laughs>
0: zach,
1: I, uh, I wear a vet that's why what?
2: <laughs> okay i just throw everything in my bra
1: well, so You know what? Some people won't accept your bra money, alright? <laughs> it's
2: actually, but so for a hot marathon, it's really fucking nasty. I won't lie. But I, I, yeah. or,
3: <laughs> but I also like, I feel like if you have, like, sorry for the men that are sitting on this hangout call, but if you have, like, a pretty decent sized boobs, like, it just chaves. <laughs> are you saying I don't have decent
2: sized boobs? At all? I have no boobs, so I'm not even going to go there. Potatoes.
4: My chest bends inward. i stomach.
1: I just threw the fucking potatoes thing in there. <laughs> you
3: guys,
2: let me tell you what I was missing for like half the pot. I wasn't missing. I was just out of frame. Yeah,
1: Keen, that's very unprofessional of you. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: There's no video
0: pod. We're good. <laughs> I,
2: went, like, I went and heated up the potatoes because they were supposed to be part of my dinner and they just took forever to cook. Is this
4: when, your sponsor plug?
2: What?
4: <laughs> <laughs> is this your plug for your sponsor?
2: So, I was texting Nicole because I really wanted to come into the frame and be like, hey guys, just want to give a shout out to our sponsor. What's hey, <coughs> potatoes? It's a vegetable that gives you great carbs to run fast. Yeah, and but
1: the- I feel like you've got to be sponsored by a specific type of potato. Like, you got to come in and be like, this is sponsored <laughs> by...
2: Yeah. Yeah. I I could not stop laughing for 10 minutes because I thought I was so funny. (laughs) Texting Nicole, I was like, I'm sorry, I can't come back. I'm like, I feel like I'm high. I can't stop laughing. (laughs) I'm sorry. You saw my roommate come in and pour, like, whiskey. He was like, what the fuck are
3: you doing? I was like, I can't stop laughing. I don't know what's going on.
1: (laughs) Do you guys ever do that when you text the group chat? Like, you'll say something that you think is, like, super fucking funny. And then you'll just sit there and, like, giggle to yourself and be like, I can't wait till they read that.
3: <laughs> yeah, and usually I get a reaction from
1: Larry that's like, uh, uh, okay. <laughs> that's not true. Usually I'm like LMA on Nicole or like something like that. But like, no, I always like, I'll text something. So like, I don't remember what the fuck we were talking about. Ah, um, oh shit. Now I lost it. There we go. We were talking about something and I was feeling super cheeky. And like I just kept like making like little quips and be like, I can't wait till Chris reads that. I can't wait till Chris because like I just wanted to hear like what I hate you. And like I think I got God it. God damn so. it, Larry.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Um <coughs> God damn it, Larry.
2: That's almost half the podcast, so I apologize. I could not stop. I literally could not. <laughs>
3: <sighs> so Zach, you have to get a potato sponsorship so that next time you're on you can shoot a plug. I don't know. <laughs> My wife would really appreciate,
4: this. like, be, like three days go by and she'd be like, "So what? What are we gonna cook for dinner tonight?" And I'll just give her a look, and she'd be like, "You need potatoes. <laughs> now. Yeah. Like, I need French fries or mashed potatoes, like, ASAP." Like, <laughs> it's potato, potato,
2: potato fuel performance, <laughs> if you're interested. In yeah. Yeah.
0: Potato oh, fuel performance. Fuel. performance.
1: Your, potatoes don't contain potassium, do they? Yes. That's, potato
0: that's the fuel. Performance yeah. like that.
1: Thinks, and they
2: have I okay.
4: think Chris is holding a sack of eating mashed potatoes. I will say, like my mashed potatoes are good.
2: Yeah, if you do mashed potatoes, they've got fat. I made
4: mean, mashed sweet potatoes. Oh but, ooh, yes, sweet potatoes are better
1: than
2: potatoes.
0: Fuck but you. A potato no, that's fat. wrong. That's absolutely wrong. Unless sweet you have nachos.
2: Not not like, no, Larry, I'll send you this. It's all the facts about potatoes.
0: All no, right. no, you're you're absolutely wrong. Unless you actually have marshmallows in your sweet potatoes, they're objectively not better than Get the peas. If you
4: like sweet okay. potato fries is if you have barbecue sauce to dip in. Otherwise fries are always better.
0: And if you want uh, if you want to one. yell at Larry for his like wrong comments about sweet potato fries, you can actually email that at uh, questions for Larry. That is questions number four, Larry at gmail.com. Thank you. <laughs>
1: number two I'm gonna go ahead and throw out there that um, sweet potatoes are objectively better because whenever you're making something like pulled chicken or like, you know, shredded chicken where like you have barbecue and shit and you mix it with potatoes. So, like, you have stuffed potatoes but with shredded chicken that's barbecued caramelized, caram- caramelized, it's not caramelized, okay, um, but you, you put it yeah. on sweet potatoes. You don't put it on regular potatoes because that enhances the taste. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm a little bit intoxicated is what I'm saying. But I'm talking about.
0: Wait, wait, <laughs> wait, a- wait, wait, a- wait, 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 we're caramelizing in this economy?
1: <laughs>
0: what, sorry? We're caramelizing uh-huh. potatoes in this economy?
1: You're caramelizing chicken. But you put it on top of the sweet potatoes to add to the flavor. It's beautiful.
3: They have my my nutritionist, um, Megan Featherstone Nutrition. She has a recipe there. It's a sweet potato and it's it's chipotle chicken, and you put like black beans and kale, and like a little bit of cheese on top. It is to die for. Like I would eat that every day, guys. The original point of this podcast was to
1: keep asking Zach about yeah. his, like, high school career and then going into, like, college and all this. I feel like yeah, we've we got-
3: really care.
4: I think, um, Cuervo in a bottle is the official sponsor <laughs> of the
3: bottle. Correct. <laughs> correct.
4: <laughs> Let's go. Dad, you
3: should have I picked up. every Beers and Miles podcast. I do love
1: that in the middle of Zach's sentence, I just started pouring Cuervo and I realized how loud it was, so I
4: had a well,
3: new question. Well, <laughs> I
4: like Every episode should start with like Chris being like, like I'm drinking this rare like twenty fourteen like triple from Belgium and like Nicole Schmeg, yeah, and I have this like fruity sour and then Logan Speck, and I have pineapple margaritas this
0: <laughs> Which actually at this point, like I I I popped twenty fifteen uh, Bell's Expedition. And then I popped the twenty fourteen Brewery Roos. And then you have fucking Logan just like, just (laughs) chugging fucking Jose Cuervo, getting locked up. (laughs) Um, No, (laughs) no, it's, you know what? Honestly, when I thought about it as it went on, I think we've had a lot of podcasts that have asked you about like the trials and everything like that. And I, I really enjoyed being able to talk to you about just, honestly, just general running and like the ins and outs of just like, I guess the duality of just like being like being at your highs and being at your lows. Um, and I, would love to just really quick, really quick answers. And Larry, this is the same thing we did for the drunk podcast. It's going to be 30 seconds, 30 second answers, 30 second quick answers for everybody real quick. And we'd love to get it just from people that have been asking questions. Um, and, and so I'm just going to show out shoot out some really quick questions for you, uh, before we let you go. Um, What would be a quick best advice for preventing and, I guess, preventing and dealing with pain and injuries?
4: Uh, Shut it down when you first feel something for two to three days minimum.
0: Awesome. And then what? uh, We got. We got a. This might be a little bit longer. What was your worst race ever, and how did you bounce back?
4: Uh, My worst race ever was my sophomore year of high school, I ran this muddy, muddy cross country race for like the first race of the season and I ran like two minutes off up yard, got like tenth place and I was ranked first in the race. And uh my mom left like immediately after she just like shook her head and left and I was like, All right, <laughs> I've never forgotten that. <laughs> I rebounded by just racing not in the mud.
0: <laughs> That's
4: brutal. Oh jeez. Um I my doesn't work for me.
0: What does your running schedule look like when you're not training for a specific race or event? Um, It's a lot
4: more just kind of base mileage and and just moderation. Nothing crazy.
0: Best tips, and this will be a little bit longer. What best tips for for getting back to running after a brief hiatus? Whether it's injury Uh, or no no injury and then no injury. Coming back from injury, it's making sure that you set small, attainable goals. Coming back from
4: just like post-cycle, it's just kind of the same thing that you make sure that you – even if you're really excited to get back to it, that you appreciate the process and you remember like, oh, it takes a while to put in just normal base first few weeks. You don't rush anything and that you don't also – you don't feel awful if you're not running fast on a workout because you know
0: 10 weeks from then it will come. Awesome. And finally – what are some good mantras? I think this really is big for people right now. Good mantras to have on days when running really sucks. I mean, we had fucking snow yesterday for some reason. How do you – what do you tell yourself to get yourself out the door?
4: Um, honestly, uh, I just like to remember it like this is just for fun. Like I've said a bunch of times, it's just for fun. Like it's not that serious. If you decide not to run, that's okay. Like don't be like – Laying in bed at my back, oh, I'm such like, a loser. I didn't go for run. Like, no, that's fine. Like, if you do or don't, it's honestly not that big of a deal. Like, none of us are going to the Olympics, so it doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> just like <laughs> run or, or don't and like just be final with that decision. Don't kick yourself over anything, really. Oh, but I, I've been reading much like philosophy the last two weeks for this grad class I'm in. I've started reading a lot of Nietzsche, and basically, he believed that there is no point to life and that even if there was, humans are too dumb to figure it out. However, your whole point of life should be creating your own point in your life and not worrying about a grand scheme of something bigger. So like, I kind of subscribe to that now. I'm like, oh, there is no answer. It's just like whatever answer you make for yourself. I like that. That's how I'm going to subscribe to life from now on. Yeah, <laughs> tell, tell people you're a Nietzsche nihilist. they like, "Okay, buddy."
0: We've had Larry consistently say it's like it's not about how many people I've meeting. It's like how friends we learn along the way, or friends we we'll made the along the friends way. Friends you've
1: made along the way. That's it. That's all. That's all <laughs> matters. Even like, I had somebody at work email me the other day, and I was like, "Well, it turns out I failed, but it's it's just the friends you made along the way." I'm <laughs> Every last sentence of every uh, episode of the first three seasons of Pokemon, just live by those mantras. Yes. Walking into the night
4: and like Brock is just said a joke and the sun is shining, whatever the narrator says, that's those are life lessons. Yeah, real
1: talk though, yeah. I rewatched Pokemon the first movie the other day, and like Brock, the first thing whenever they watch or they like they go up and they realize like Nurse Joy has been missing for I don't know how many weeks, and the first thing Brock says is she's cute. So like this Man. one could be dead. And like Rock is like, Oh yeah, I'd hit that.
4: Like, come on, Bronk. <laughs> I mean this is anything before two thousand ten, we just assume is problematic. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well well, I've had a lot I've had a great time. Uh, and I think we should let you go back to, to your normal life for a little bit. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for being <laughs> on this.
4: I'm, we couldn't
0: finish it last night. So long. <laughs> well, we we appreciate we appreciate you being on this. Um, and honestly, like I I'd love to have you with like after this all over. Just love to have you come out to Columbus and just like shoot the shit with us for a little bit. Once I them up, I'd
4: love it. I miss people. Well, Zach, it, if you ever actually want to meet me in person sometime, because I feel like after this podcast, I feel like you don't want to be in a room with any of us.
1: But I want to go
4: to a margarita bar in Columbus.
3: Yes. yes. Right <laughs> around the corner from Mexican restaurant. We there, to my house. There is a Whole bottle. waiting I mean,
5: for
1: any, any, any Michigan gear at all. <laughs> I'll just be like, yeah, go Buckeyes. <laughs> I saw somebody the other day that had the balls to wear a Michigan hat and a hoodie yeah. in public the other day. Yeah. I was like, what
3: are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> there, dude. Well. <laughs> Some well, people just like
4: to watch the world burn. True, All right. Right. I think People that wear like Trump shirts to the grocery store—they're just trying to piss people off.
0: Like, uh, um, <laughs> <no> <laughs> <scary>. <laughs> well, yeah. well, Zach, where can we find? Where can they follow you as far as like social media wise? Yeah, um,
4: I think my tweets are funny sometimes. Sometimes they're not. You could decide that. <laughs> it's uh, at <laughs> Mister O Runs, um, and then on Instagram. What's the running one? Um, at Zach Ornelas. Yeah, don't follow my student account. Mr. O-Runs, my Instagram is my student account. You don't want to be there unless you <laughs> want to know what your homework is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. Hey, Larry, where can they follow you at? Uh, uh,
1: Keen for a run. Keen underscore for a run. That's on Instagram. Um, send me an email at like questions, the number four Larry at gmail.com. If you want to find me on Twitter, it's at Nicole the Runner. And if you want to find me on Facebook, just add Chris Gutierrez. Also at Keen for Querbo. Keen for Querbo. That is my other Instagram handle.
2: Oh, yeah. I'm into it.
0: Keen, (laughs) where can they follow you at? You can
2: follow me at Keen underscore for run. I would would honestly go check your Instagram if it's not. i don't know instagram twitter i'm on strava i make weird titles with my runs that's all i got nicole where can I find you
3: i am at nicole the runner on the twitter and the instagram probably don't follow me on strava because i literally don't post anything on strava um but yeah i don't I don't really have funny tweets at all, but I am kind of funny on Instagram sometimes. And you can also follow me to Wolf's Bridge where I will be obtaining more of this government-warning beer. Actually, at
1: K-A-Y-A, the husky floof. That is her Instagram. At I love.
3: Oh, My six six. I
1: Chris, where can we find you, buddy? You
0: Hi. can
3: find Theo at Theodore for a run. Oh.
2: Okay.
0: <laughs> Yeah, you could find me at beersmiles uh, beers and miles, uh beersandmiles.com. Um I think I'm actually going to post something about that that really rough training cycle going into grad school, and say like, what's the like, what happens when you overtrain? Um, and sorry, I
3: will. Was...
0: And then you can also follow me on Twitter, beers and miles. And uh, if you want some of the unsentimental stuff, XE Chris. On uh, Twitter, some more fun stuff, uh, and F one stuff as well. Uh, and then also follow us on Spotify, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Anchor. If you have an iTunes account, leave us leave us a review. We'd appreciate it. Uh, we're excited about the next. Time. people you don't. And then also, 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 uh, leave leave some uh, angry questions at questionsforlarry at gmail because we always want angry questions out, Larry. Yeah.
2: Hey, hey, I'm, I'm, hey, encouragement. Theo and Cleo. Leo, not Cleo. How dare you? <laughs> Taking over this pod. So it's questions for Theo and Leo at Yahoo.com. <laughs> God damn it! now I'm going to make that
1: email, Keen. Every <laughs> time you guys mention a new email, I have to make it. So stop.
0: <laughs> Thank you, guys. Hey, uh, thanks. thanks for listening.